Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Today we want to talk about who is God the Father. Now, first of all, I want us to understand that this terminology Father is not just a nice idea. It is not a, a man-made idea where we throw words out into focus groups and see which one, you know, resonates the best, you know. How should we brand God, you know? Should we just call Him King? Should we call Him Lord? You know, let's test out. Mother, not so nice, you know. Father, father, yeah, how many percentages? No, it's not that. In fact, the Bible consistently describes God as a father. In fact, I want to introduce you to this terminology, the rule of first mention. Now, among Christians, we say the rule of first mention means that the first time something is mentioned in the Bible. Now, the first time God is described as a father, the first time it's mentioned in the Bible is actually found in Isaiah. Isaiah. And uh, I'm going to give you some scriptures. Is that okay? Uh, specifically, Isaiah 63, verse 16, followed by Isaiah 64, verse 8. If you have a physical Bible like me, it's really cool because they are kind of like next to each other. Uh, Isaiah 63, verse 16 says this, Doubtless you are our father. Though Abraham was ignorant of us and Israel does not acknowledge us, you, O Lord, are our father. Our Redeemer from everlasting is your name. And so this is not just a Jesus idea where he decided to come and popularize the, the, the idea of calling God the Father. No, this is, this is part of the fabric of the Old Testament. Uh, and if that doesn't uh, uh, convince you, Isaiah 64 verse 8 uh, says this, that, you know, but now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are clay and you are our porter. And all we are and 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 all we are, the work of your hand. In other words, we are all the work of your hands. You are our Father, you are our source. So that's the rule of first mention, just in case you go, when the Bible does it, the first place it was mentioned there. And just for fun, let's go to the, you know, uh, the last part of the Old Testament, which is Malachi. You know, the idea of God the Father in the New Testament is not an issue because Jesus preaches it time and time again. You know, my Father, my Father, I must do the will of my Father. In fact, when Jesus taught us how to pray, it starts with our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So the idea, but sometimes people might be confused. They go, oh, is that just like, no, the, the, the hip version of God that Jesus introduced? No, He's been consistently known as the Father. So let's turn to Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament. Is that okay? And uh, Malachi, usually, we know it for a lot of giving passages. <laughs> but actually, Malachi uh, speaks of the heart of God. Uh, and Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. Malachi 1, 6 says this, right? A son honors his father, and a servant honors his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? Ooh, ouch. And if I am a master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts to you priests who despise my name. Yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? A little bit not as nice as Isaiah where, oh, you are our father, you, know, you remember us. Oh, you made us from the clay. Here is like, if I'm your father... Where's my respect? And, and this is, again, an understanding that when God says He's our Father, He means that. A father loves differently than a mother. And that is why God chose to introduce Himself as a father, you know. Uh, most of us here don't have children, but even from your own upbringing, you will recognize um, that the way your mom loves you and the way your father loves you. Now, as I say this, I recognize that maybe not all of us come from from, from uh, you know, a well-put-together family, but generally speaking, uh, mothers tend to mother. 
Mothers tend to protect. Fathers tend to push, but in a loving way. And God is saying to us that I am the father, I am the maker, but I am also not the God that will cuddle you. I will love you, and don't get me wrong, I will love you, but I will love you enough to push you. And like the song that we sang earlier, you know, God loves us as He finds us, but He also loves us too much to let us stay where we are and wants us to grow, amen? And that again is the heart of the father. And that's why, you know, families, we need both the mom and the dad. A mom to nurture, but also a dad to protect, and a dad to, you know, give some fatherly advice, some fatherly love that is different than motherly love. And for that, we grow up balanced, amen? So that's Malachi uh, 1, uh, 6, but uh, let me give you another one just to round up. Malachi, Malachi 2.10, why not? And then we will move on. Uh, Malachi 2.10, Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously with one another by profaning the covenant of the fathers? In other words, it's also saying that, look, we are all created by God. He is our Father. So why are we hating on each other? Again, the heart of God. And, and this is important for us because... The, the idea of being able to call God the Father is something that is unique to Christianity. You know, a lot of religions, and of course we always try to be sensitive here, but I can tell you that, you know, except for Christianity, no other faiths, no other faiths has the audacity to call their God Father. Certain faiths, and, and for sensitivity's sake, I sh shall not name them, but they know God as judge. And when they die, they will have to face God as judge. And all the good things they've done will be on one side of a scale. And all the pious things they've, uh, the good th and all the bad things they've done will be on the other side and they'll be measured. And if, if one outweighs the other, if the bad outweighs the good, then, then, then no, you, you burn forever. Uh, but if the good outweighs the, the, the bad, then you enter. But they can never see God as Father, He is judge. Or some will see God as a divine being or, or, or as divine beings, but never as Father. And this is an encouragement to us because it gives us this idea that no matter how put together our family is like, um, or how broken our family is like, we have a father figure in God. Uh, we have family in God. And, and, and once you know that God is a father, you understand where He's coming from. Many times we misunderstand God's intention because we don't understand His nature. You know, if you think that somebody is a tough man, that everything He says will be tough. But when you understand that God is a Father at heart, that everything He says, even the tough things, you understand that it comes from a fatherly place. It comes from a place of wanting to grow us, wanting to push us, wanting to challenge us, but still absolutely covered in love. And that is why God reveals Himself as a Father to us. It is both biblical, but it also carries so much wisdom. Now, three things that we, want, we will learn uh, by God's nature as a Father, and uh, if you're taking down notes, I want you to write this down. Uh, today's hope, my hope for today's lesson is that we will walk away understanding God the Father, and the Father representing someone who is all-powerful, because Father also represents the source, the Father, right? In the real world that we live in, we'll say the, the, the Father of innovation or the Father of modern technology or the founding Father. When we say that, we're saying that out of this person flows something. So, 
He is God is a father, which means that he is all powerful. Everything comes from him. He's the father, he's the source. God the Father, from that statement, we also know that he is all loving. Again, I understand that in this room, maybe when we mention the word father, different ones have different ideas because of our upbringing. But I want you to know that God is the good father and he is nothing but all loving. And that's important because when you know that someone in their heart of hearts is loving you, even their no can be trusted. So if you know that your dad really loves you and then you say that, Dad, can I, can I go out? You know, I want to date a boy. And your dad says, okay, fine, but be home by 9.30. 9.30? But if you know that your father is good in his heart, you'll recognize that there's wisdom for that 9.30. Right, And so also, uh, through today's lesson, I hope that we will discover that God the Father representing that He is all-wise and all-knowing. All-wise. And wisdom flows from Him. I know in the modern world today, um, the idea of getting advice from fathers is, is rare. Uh, but in the ancient world, that is very common. And advice from fathers are actually considered to be the best source of advice. And so when God was first introducing Himself and said that I'm a father, He's saying that I'm someone that you can trust because everything comes from me. I'm someone you can trust because I'm all-loving. I'm someone you can trust because I'm all-wise and all-knowing. Cool? Now, another thing that I want to talk about today is moving on from God the Father, uh, I want to teach you some names of God. Uh, because as I was preparing for today's teaching, God used this illustration. Uh, it reminded me of, of this experience I had with my own father. Now, uh, my father, uh, a cat knows him, uh, he is a man of very few words, very few words. Um, and um, growing up, I didn't really get a lot of chance to spend time with my father because he worked overseas. And so growing up once a year, on average, I'll see my dad maybe once. And because I hardly knew anything about my father, every time I see him, I'll be so nervous uh, and so afraid. You know, and in the one trip back, he will have to do an entire year of fatherhood parenting in that one day. Check the report card, check my teeth. I know, right? Uh, so back then when I was like having my baby teeth, my dad would check it and see if there's anything that he can pull out. And, and I'll be so nervous because I'll be like, no, this one's still good, Dad, for another three months. But he, he feels like he's shaking and because he knows that he won't be around for another three months, he would uh, introduce me to um, the dental floss uh, and the doorknob. And how many of you have experienced that before? It is not fun. Now, when you know nothing about your dad, it's very easy for you to misunderstand everything that he does. But one way I learned to discover about my dad was that one day, I learned my dad's name. You see, we can know dad as dad, but sometimes we, we don't know that our dad has a name. Because <laughs> we call him dad. But I discovered in my own journey, having a, a dad who doesn't speak much, having a dad that's far away, that when I knew his name, and it was, you know, for school reasons, right? Fill up a form, write your dad's name. When I discovered my dad's name and the meaning behind his name that it helped me to know my dad and, and somehow it, it just opened up new levels of intimacy, for me at least. And uh, for me, I knew, when I knew my dad's name, his Chinese name is Yao Yu Guo. And it means, well, Yao is our surname. Yu is friend of. 
guo is country or the nations. And from that, I suddenly understand, oh wow, my dad works overseas and he travels and, and wow, my dad's name is, he's the friend of nations. No wonder he's not afraid to travel and travel much. And, and from that, it, it made me feel like, and because I'm his son, that, you know, there's something about the nations that started to call to me when I understood the meaning behind my father's name. Uh, and as a result, from young, I was never afraid to travel. And from young, I always liked the idea of traveling because there was something about my father's name that, that not only revealed something about him to me, but it connected me with him because I'm his son. And so, I want to bring us through a, a short lesson in the different names of God. And so, from the names of God, you can have a more fleshed out understanding of who we have as a heavenly father. And so, for today, we don't have, uh, you know, one or two points. We have many points, but with the, with the help of XTV and uh, Wingman, who is very good at drawing up tables, ta-da! And so we want to go in because these are some names that pop up in the Old Testament. And I believe that as we discover the meaning behind God's names, it will help us to draw in our intimacy with God. And so that we begin to know that, wow, no God, He's Father, but, but my Father has a name. My Father has a name. You, you, you really have a Father when you know your Father's name. And so today I want to introduce you to some of the names of God. Uh, as stated in the Bible. So these are not just things that we throw up, but things that will reflect His nature, that He is all-powerful, all-loving, and all-wise. Are, are we ready? Okay. Uh, so some of it, well, most of it will be in Hebrew, uh, and you have the name, you have His meaning, and then you have the references, right? We won't be going through all the references, but it's there. You can take a picture, you can go back and search it, do your quiet time, uh, but it is all there so that you know that we're not just making stuff up because as you go through it, you might go like, wow, I didn't know God is so amazing and I hope that this will help us uh, to grow in our faith in Him. Are you ready? Let's go uh, with the, one of the most famous names, you know. He is known as Elohim. Elohim, just in case you don't know how to pronounce that. Is that Elohim? It's Elohim. And it means God and refers to God's power and might as in He is the only supreme and true God. So Elohim means the supreme one. The supreme one. So our God is all-powerful, right? He's God the Father, but He's also Elohim. And Elohim is our Father. You know, He's the supreme one and the supreme one is our Father. And this is found, you know, in the you know, Hebrew way of saying that God, in the beginning there was God. And the Hebrew word for God is Elohim the Supreme One. In the beginning, that was the Supreme One. Wow. And He calls us His children. Isn't that beautiful? You know, and you can find that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, 26, and Psalms 42. These are just some sample references. Um, in the Old Testament, God the Father is also known as Yahweh. Yahweh. And in fact, this word Yahweh, uh, we Christians, we use it sometimes. We we, we don't realize how powerful it is. Uh, the Jewish people would never say the word Yahweh because it is too holy for, in their understanding, our dirty lips to even mention. By the mention of Yahweh, we sully His name. But we know that we have been cleansed by Christ and therefore we can say it with much fear and trembling. And that's why in Hebrew, in, in, if you have Jewish friends, they will call Him Yahovah which is their variation because they feel like if Yahweh is the name of God, we, can, we are too dirty to mention His name. We will mention a close-sounding one. So instead of Yahweh, is Yehovah, 
right? Or some certain spellings, Jehovah, right? And so Yahweh, and Yahweh means this, the self-existing one. I am that I am. The proper name of the divine person. So this is like considered, so if Elohim is God's title, Yahweh is God's name because this is where he introduced himself. When Moses, who, who should I say sent me? Say the I am sent. I am. And, 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 and why God used I am? Because he is like nothing else. I am the great I am. He cannot say I am like the tree because I am not like the tree. I am the great I am. I am the all-encompassing one. I am the self-existing one. And isn't it beautiful? And you have the references there that the God who is self-sufficient loves us. In other words, He doesn't need us. In other words, it means that we are created out of love. He is again all-powerful and all-loving. You know, you, if you are a needy person, you will have a child, because sometimes me and Cap talk about whether to start a family or not, and one of the things that we weigh out is that when we grow old, who will take care of us? Now, to be fair, <laughs> I know, you laugh today and you'll be, you'll be using this logic one day soon. Um, and of course, to be fair, that is kind of like a selfish thing because having a kid uh, as a retirement plan. <laughs> but that's not God. He doesn't create us to meet His need. He, he created us to love. He created us to lavish over. And that is our Father. That is our Father. So the next time you go like God the Father, it's not just Father. And then you, you, you know, and, and this is what happens, right? We let our own experiences with our earthly father color that picture. And that's why sometimes we go like, nah, I'm not going to ask God that. Why? No, no, I don't think God will answer me. Why? And if we're really honest, we're saying that because my own dad won't give me that. Because my own dad would have scolded me. Because my own dad would, would have rejected me. My own dad would have been so disappointed with me now because I failed him so many times because of my earthly father, you know, if I, if I don't even do what he says, he gives me a slap on the face so my heavenly father will just wipe me out of existence. But this is why it's so important to know God's nature and God's name so that when we call him father, we are no longer coloured by our past but we're coloured by uh, truth and God's truth. Amen? So he is Yahweh. Amen? The I am that I am. Okay? And let's go on, alright? And he's also God most high. El Elyon. He's above all gods if other gods exist. And, and nothing in life is more sacred than He. He's the most high one. Most high, most sacred, most holy. Right? El Elyon. And yet, El Elyon loves us. We who are nothing, nowhere near high, is loved by El Elyon. And, and we can pray to El Elyon. I know it sounds like he is some uh, Latino superstar, right? <laughs> it's like El Elyon. <laughs> no, okay? Uh, and you have the references there, right? In Genesis, in Psalms 7, verse 17. In Psalms 57, verse 2. El Roy. Anyone here named Roy? El Roy. The God who sees and the God who oversees all creation and the affairs of people. So I hope that this colors your picture when you pray to God. Oh, Heavenly Father, and He is El Roy. He is looking at everything. Nothing escapes His eye. You think the current virus panic? No, nothing escapes His eye. He knows the times and seasons. He knows what He's doing. He's allowing certain things to happen, not to crush us so that, you know, gold can be revealed. Amen? He is El Roy, the God who sees. Genesis 16, verse 13. He is El Shaddai. 
and this is something that we are familiar with. God Almighty, the all-sufficient one, God who is all-powerful. Amen. El Shaddai. You know, it's found in Psalms 91, Job 33, verse 4. El Shaddai. And then we goes on to the different characteristics of God the Father. Right? So are you ready? He is also Yahweh, or some of you prefer Jehovah, or Yahweh or Jehovah Yare. Okay? Or, you know, so it's Yahweh Yare, which means that the Lord provides. Right? So He's a Father who provides. Our God is not a deadbeat dad who, who takes and runs away. He provides. You know, I don't know your past, but our God provides. Do you have a need in your life? Go to the Father. Go to the Father. Amen. He provides. God is trying to bring us back to that place again. I am your Father. I am one who provides. Yahweh Yare or Jehovah Yare. All right? And God will provide our real needs is the actual definition. Real needs. God knows what we really need. And he provides them. Yeah? You can find that in Genesis chapter 2, uh, ch chapter 22, verse 13 to 14. Yahweh or Jehovah Nisi or Yahweh Nisi, the Lord is my banner. And we should remember God for helping us. Now, the word banner, you know, nowadays we, we don't understand, but, but banner is something that people wave. It's a flag that represents identity. And it's a flag that, that represents victory. And so when people go in, right, so after a war is fought, they will raise a banner to say that victory is ours because back then there's no telecommunication. So how would the front line know what the back line is doing? How would they know when the battery, when, when, when all the battle is won, the banner is raised. Now, if the banner falls, uh, then it means that you'll be wiped out. But if the banner is raised and continues to stand, it means that that side has the victory. And so when we say this, it means this, that, that God is my banner. He is my victory. He's the one that helps us, yeah? And this can be found in Exodus 17, verse 15. So you see now, you know, sometimes the English language it doesn't capture the whole picture. And so can you imagine back then, you know, if, if you're Hebrew and God reveals to His people, you know, at every junction He reveals, not just God said this, God said this, but then He says that, no, Yahweh Nisi says this. Yahweh Yareh says this. El Roy says this. And instantly, that saying, that information carries extra weight because God who sees is asking you to do something and you can trust because He's the God who sees. Yeah? And so, I, you know, I hope this will help you just go like, wow, the God we serve is so amazing. Let's, let's go to the next table. Adonai. Oh, be careful how you pronounce that, okay? Uh, not Adonai, but Adonai. <laughs> right? Adonai means God alone is head over all. Adonai. Right? Genesis 15, 2, Psalms 91. Right? The Lord is our peace. And this time, we need a lot of God's peace. Right? So it's Yahweh or Yehovah, Yahweh Shalom. Shalom is the Hebrew word for peace. Peace is a greeting, Shalom. Right? So if you go to Israel, Shalom. And then it's like going to Hawaii and saying Aloha. Uh, it's both hello and goodbye. So Yahweh Shalom means the Lord is peace. He is the one that gives us peace, so we need not fear. And I pray that this will also help us in this time of, of, of you know, whatever we're going through right now. Let us not forget that we have got the Father. What is your Father's name? What is your Father's name? His name is Yahweh Shalom, the Lord our peace. All right? Oh, I know. Some of you are already laughing, thinking like, how do you pronounce this, right? Clarification, I'm not Jewish. <laughs> Clarification, I didn't go to Hebrew school. Uh, Abinu. 
Abinu. Father, Abinu. This is, uh, uh, has a, a, a ba sound, which is that it carries intimacy, like Abba, Father, Abinu. So the root for Abba, Abinu, Father. Father as in like more family, Father. Because before that was like, Lord, Father. Right? And so his father, he is dad. He's dad. Right? Isaiah describes a lot of times God as his, you know, so the different things we read earlier on. Right? Uh, uh, no, Ab- no, Abraham has forgotten us, you know, but, but God, you remember. He says, so it's, it's intimate. It's Abinu. Abinu, you shaped us. Abinu. You know, modern day is like, Papa, you shaped us. Papa, you remember us. Yahweh, of course, you know that. Uh, you know, Lord of hosts, no heavenly power, God is Savior, protector, yada, yada, yada. El Olam, right? The everlasting God, right? The one who is forever, the everlasting God, right? He is eternal. He will never die. He is the Father. He's always going to be there for you. I know earthly parents uh, uh, can't make that kind of promise, but our God, the Father, can make that kind of promise. And He's the one that will always be there for you. You know, do you ever feel like, uh, you know, do you ever feel like you disappointed God? Do you ever feel like you're like a prodigal son and you, you, you reached for God and then you ran away? Remember this, okay? Don't remember your dad. Remember El Olam, the God eternal, the everlasting one, the one who will never die, never perish, who is there waiting, right? Uh, and this is found in Isaiah 40, 28, Psalms 90, verse 2. Yahweh Sikanu, or Jehovah Sikanu, Yahweh Sikanu, right? It means the Lord is our righteousness. God is our standard for right behavior. So this is what it means by the Father's heart and how fathers, you know, part of a father's job in traditional family culture is a father disciplines. And many times when you get in trouble, your mom says, wait till your father gets home. And we hate that word. But we must also understand that discipline is not necessarily a bad thing. If you love someone enough, you discipline. Because you love the person too much for them to, be, to continue uh, in their erroneous ways. And so we must understand that God, you know, He is our righteousness and He is the standard. We do not measure how we're doing, whether we're good or not, by, by men. That's why a lot of people misunderstand. They ask, as a pastor, I get asked this question a lot, why do good people go to hell? Why do good people go to hell? And first of all, I just explained that, well, first of all, you know, God's desire is not for people to go to hell. That is number one, you must understand the heart of the Father is not for us to go to hell. But secondly, there's no such thing as good people. Because all of us, when measured against God, when you're measured against Hitler, we're all good people. Right? And, but that's not sound measurement. You can't go to work and your boss says, you're not performing. Well, compared to Hitler, you know, you, know, you should be glad. You know, the next time you get in trouble with your family, and he goes like, you know, well, you, you know, why can't you be more like your brother? Well, you should be thankful I'm not like Hitler. <laughs> See, compared to the worst of worst, we are always better. But the true comparison is with God. And so when we say things like that, that there are no good people, it's not an insult and anyone's moral behavior, it's the fact that compared to God, we are all not righteous. All of us have lied. Whether it's to lie to protect or lie to, 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 you know, make things easier. All of us, 
right, have at least told a lie about why we were late, whether for job or for work or for school. You know, all of us have told the lie of like not doing a homework but saying that I forgot to bring. <laughs> and that's lying. That's deception. And so none of us are holy. None of us are good. And compared to God, we are, we are sinners and desperately in need of a Savior. So, so why? Because God says that I am your righteousness. I am the benchmark. And not only that, He is not only our standard, but only He alone can make us righteous. If you offended the Father, who can forgive you? The Father. Until the Father forgives you, the account is still outstanding, if you understand the term. Right? You, you can learn to forgive yourself. You know, actually, I don't feel so bad about lying to my dad now. That doesn't just solve the fact that you lied to your dad. And only when you make amends with your dad. And so this is also God revealing His nature that, yeah, I'm a father, but I'm also going to be your redeemer. You're going you're gonna to see one day, I'm, I'm going to be the one that saves you and cleanses you. Uh, Yahweh Shama, Shama, the Lord is there. God is always present with us. God is always there. Yahweh Yehovah or Yahweh Shama, Shama, presence, the presence of God. If you ever feel alone, you ever feel misunderstood, you know, God is always there. He is always there. Amen. He is Yahweh Shammah. And you can find that reference in Ezekiel 48 verse 35. Uh, that's all, right? And so these are just some uh, of the characteristics and the names of God. And our hope is that this will help you uh, to... Again, you know, the world that we live in today, a lot of things have been blemished. Even the idea of Father has been blemished. And so I hope that by knowing God's name and some of these names, and there are more, and if you're interested, we can do follow-up classes on them. But, in, but I think all this is enough for us to meditate on. And I pray uh, that when we go back and we do our devotion, when we pray to God now, you know, read through this list again so that it, it, it informs you of who you're talking to so that you don't have to be afraid, you don't have to be fearful, uh, you can be both intimate and respectful. God is also revealing to us that His nature of a father because you know, we live in a broken world. Um, where again, fathers are not always uh, the best example of manhood. And uh, this is both loving in nature because for every man in this room, uh, God is saying that, look to me. Look to me and role model after me. I am the father. And for every female in this room, it is an invitation of comfort. I am the father. I am the man who will love you and protect you as a father should. And so in that way, as Christians, we grow up. Even our uh, gender identity as a, as a Christian is shaped by God's nature. So as a man, we endeavor to be like God in His character, in His trustworthiness, in His wisdom, in His love, in His compassion, in His consistency. And as females, we learn to depend on the safetyness and the safety net uh, of God the Father and how He is and will always be there for us. Amen? And so, you know, with this, uh, we'll just wrap things up. Uh, and I hope that this will, you know, color uh, in a positive way our perception of God. This will help us in our prayer life. 
and uh, this will also help us to draw closer to God. And again, you know, everything we shared today is biblical. So God the Father is not just some cuddly teddy bear idea that modern day Christianity decided to throw out there because it is a positive word, but it is God's nature. It is in His heart. And so if you, I, I pray uh, that this will help you grow closer. This will help your prayer life and uh, this will help you to put your trust in Him. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.